Hey everybody, it's John Summers from Grazidi Interactive. Thanks for joining us for another Community Talks. This week, we've got a great guest. We have Brian Oblinger in with us. Can't wait to hear from him. If you haven't heard about us, Grazidi, we're really the experts in digital media, communities, building experiences, web design, analytics, you name it. But really, I focus on communities and how we can build them. And our guests are community managers with uh, years and years of practice. So we're here to see what we can learn and, and catch up with Brian. We've all seen him at conferences, and uh, here's a little candid session with uh, with him today. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy to happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. So I was I was going through your LinkedIn again before we started. It's like, where does the time go? Fifteen years. Uh, so you started as, as a moderator, right? All the way back, just moderating, right? That's I kind of like <laughs> how I got started as well, too, right? A lot of people make a vertical from like something else, but I got started as a moderator as well, too. So I was like, oh, cool, another guy that like worked it from the bottom up. You tell us a yeah, little bit about you it, know. Right? <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. So I, you know, I started, I, I kind of fell into this, you know, I always tell people it just sort of happened. I, I didn't set out to do it. And and this was, of course, so many years ago that um, communities were brand new and there wasn't really a defined, you know, set of roles or profession around it. And so I just ended up doing it because I loved it. I was, I was on communities and I really enjoyed it. And, and my natural kind of state was like, Hey, I want to, I want to help out. How can I help out? And so got involved, uh, you know, at the lowest possible like level of being a moderator and, uh, really just worked my way up over the years into, you know, manager of moderators and then, you know, community management, community operations, and then community strategy, and then helping companies, uh, learn how to build communities. And so it was a very organic, you know, sort of, uh, you know, rise, I guess, with the industry, um, kind of right, right time, right place and right passion kind of a thing. Yeah, no, I think, I think the people, some of the strongest people I meet are, are, have really like gone through the rungs, right? I've gone up the ladder and started after knew what it was like to moderate a crazy community to going into strategy and other aspects. What do you, what do you think were some of the key things that really helped you like in your early career, right? We have a lot of people that join us on the call on here to listen that are just getting started maybe. And, uh, maybe you can share a few things that helped you out in your early career. Well, I, you know, the one thing I always point to is, is having a bunch of different experiences, right? So there's so many different types of communities at different types of companies, different size companies, different, you know, goals, different metrics. And I think just, you know, getting such a large cross section of all of those different things and, and seeing it in a way that I think is somewhat unique in the industry that, you know, I've, I've launched, couple hundred different communities. I've helped big companies manage, you know, ongoing success of those communities. Uh, I've done it myself at, at companies and oversaw teams that run it. And so I think it's really just, you know, get as much as you can and try as many different things as you can and understand at the end of the day, what, what worked, what didn't work. And, you know, just keep building that acumen until you, you have a pretty strong base to work off of where you're, you're building great stuff every single time. Um, I think that's probably the, the number one thing that helped me out. Nice. It, it reminds me of a, of something, a mentor of mine when I was get, first getting started. She's like, fail fast. 
And she's like, try things, do it, see if it works. Look at the numbers. If it doesn't work, you move on. If it works, you put more effort into it. Right. And so I think that some people, they like, it's okay to fail. It's, it's, but you got to try. If you don't try, you'll never know what, you know, how to, what connects with your audience or resonates with them or really engages with them. Yeah, I think there's, you know, it's it's kind of the 80/20 rule, right? I, I think like 80% of what you do when you when you launch a community or you're you're building a community is sort of known quantity best practice things that that everybody, you know, generally knows and and does based on years and years of experience and sort of like, hey, that's the the obvious path, but then the other 20% is is certainly where you can play around and you can AB test things and try new things and see what yeah. works and see what doesn't and uh, you know, I think you have to find your your balance there, right? Depending on on your your particular organization and what their appetite is for that type of thing. But uh, I do think you find that the best communities are the ones where they're continually improving, constantly innovating, trying new things. Um, the ones that you know sit pat and go, "Oh, we did it. We don't need to do anything else." Um, typically, over over time, doesn't doesn't work out so well. And I think that's why there's such a premium on people with expertise that you know know what to do next. Yeah, I think that's a, a key point is I meet with a lot of people as well, too, talking about communities and whether they're struggling and, you know, they're focusing on one aspect of the community. And it's like, well, have you done all these other things to your community, like, say, user groups or connecting with marketing if it's a support community, right? A lot of times it's like a support community and they're like, we don't have a lot of engagement. Uh, so we'll we tried incorporating other programs and branching out into the into the company. And I think there was saying that the communities needs to be more, you know, horizontal, right. Across the whole entire company. And, and once you're kind of integrated horizontally until the different units, I, I, we see a lot of success. What do you think about, you know, horizontally integrated communities and that kind of a concept? Well, I think it's paramount. I, I think if you, if you, your real true intention is to build a very successful, vibrant community and leverage it across your business to to add value, then you have to approach it in the same exact way that any other department approaches anything or any initiative at the company, right? And that typically entails being very cross-functional, working with people across the business, uh, understanding what their needs are and how you can help deliver on that from a community perspective. Uh, and I think, you know, the companies and, and communities that that do that well and have those relationships and uh, think of it in that way typically tend to be more successful uh, just because it's, it's more of a, you know, it's approached more like any other thing in the business as opposed to, you know, hey, just this siloed little project we're doing on the side. I, I think that's probably less interesting. Yeah, I think diversification, right? I think is like key. So, um, going on along that, what do you think are some of like the top challenges you know community managers are facing today with communities? I think communities are changing and evolving, and you know, what do you think are some of those challenges out there right now? Well, the the one that I talk about a lot is business, right? So, I think that there's a lot of people that are really good at building communities, and they know what to do in terms of you know how do we what, how do we design a community? How do we get people there? How do we engage them? Those kinds of things. I think where where there's room for improvement um, and something that, frankly, I talk about all day, every day with my clients is how do we map what we're doing from a community perspective to the actual business? 
right? And I think that it's an area of investment that community professionals need to make, which is, it's great that you know everything about community and, and you're an excellent practitioner in that regard. But what you really need to do is also gain enough of the business acumen to be able to translate what you're doing and tell those stories internally so that other people can understand what the value of community is, what the ROI is, and why you should you know, invest yet even more money, right? So yeah. I think that's a that's probably the biggest one. There's there's a bunch of other ones we could talk about as well, but that's I think the the biggest room for improvement for most people and most businesses and how they, you know, how they approach community and how they think about it. Um, and again, it's just at the end of the day, if you think about it like you do marketing or sales or support, um, you know, there's a there's a certain set of expectations and activities that come with something like that. Um, that I would expect to see as well uh, in the you know kind of rigors of what you're doing around community or really anything else in your business. No, I couldn't agree more. I you know have another uh, presentation coming up the, the following week, and I have a slide on there about business outcomes and you know really looking at multiple business outcomes, right? A lot of people focus on one, but how can marketing, what can we drive for them with sales for product for, you know, support and, and drive value for their business unit. Not necessarily I have more members or I have more page views like those vanity metrics. You know, they're great. They're nice to show, but I think really the power comes when you start tying it to business objectives and business outcomes. I, I couldn't agree more with that. So speaking of business objectives, what do you think is one of your, you know, proudest business objectives or accomplishments that you've, you know, achieved? You've a stellar career. So is there one like thing that stands out like, wow, that was really cool or I was really proud of that community moment? Well, I think when you're able to at an executive level, you know, go into a executive leadership meeting and compelling you know, present a compelling case and story with the data that you do have to say, you know, hey, we're saving this many millions of dollars a year on support and we're generating this many millions of dollars worth a year of leads for marketing. And we are, you know, help reducing churn and, you know, raising retention from a customer success standpoint. And when you can go in and you can tell that story across all of the major facets of the business, that to me was always my most proud moment and the thing that I really got up for because that to me is just the ultimate in explaining, you know, here, here's why we do this and here's why this is important. Here's why we should invest even more because every dollar that you put into this thing ends up being five, six, seven dollars on the back end or maybe even $50 or whatever, right? Depending on how you've invested and what, what your returns are. Um, and so to me, that was always my most proud moment. Um, and then, you know, hearing other people then talk about that value in company meetings or other meetings where you were, you were either there, or you heard about it later when other people start telling your story, um, to their teams and using it as a way to say, Hey, we really need to, you know, partner with the community folks because look at all the value we're driving and it helps us at the end of the day. That's a, that's a proud parent, you know, moment for sure. <laughs> Yeah, that, that is, I, I can totally relate. And that is a great moment when you like, they, your organization has that aha moment where like, this is a need to have, it's not a must have, or it's, you know, we have to have this, not a nice to have thing anymore. It's really integrated into the core fabric of our businesses, business process. And I think when you start integrating it into the core business processes, that's where you really see the value uh, coming out of it. And it's, yeah. And I would say it's, it's funny from a cost perspective, isn't it? Because 
up front, uh, you know, people look at the cost of, okay, like, let's say you go to a company and, and you're, you know, I'm, and I'm doing this every day, right? Working with companies that have never, they don't have, a, they don't have anything. And it's like, we're starting from scratch. And initially, you know, looking at, okay, what does it cost for the platform? What does it cost to hire people? What kind of, you know, uh, additional investment and resources do we need to make this thing work? And there, there can be a little bit of a sticker shock there, right? Um, a little bit, but it's like, you know, um, it, it, what if I told you, you know, after two years, you're going to make that back twofold or threefold or fivefold or tenfold. Um, and then all of a sudden th- it doesn't really matter so much. Right. And so that's another thing that's, that was always a proud moment is when you could go into a room and you could say, Hey, look, you know, we invested $2 million, $3 million, whatever, whatever the number was. But at the end of the year, you know, we ended up generating, whether it was through savings or additional, um, you know, bottom line, top line stuff, uh, we, you know, 20 million, 30 million, $40 million. And then all of a sudden it doesn't really seem like it's that big of a deal to, to, you know, expand the team and put more into it. And so I think that's really what we need to get to as an industry is telling that ROI story and helping, uh, leaders who, you know, control the finances, your, your CFOs and your CEOs. Here's why we need to invest in this because every dollar that you do ends up coming out, you know, many more on the, on the back end. Um, and I think that's where, you know, just, it's just a lot of education, right? Cause people, people don't know yet. Um, it's still, even though we've been doing this for 20 years, um, it's still for a lot of people relatively new. And so it's our job to educate them and make sure that they understand that. Yeah, totally. And, and the reporting has came such leaps and bounds, I think within such a short period of time to where it's now possible to kind of pull these numbers together and, and, and relate, correlate this information together where in the past, and it was very difficult, <laughs> it, you know, so now it's becoming more and more easy, but still work that has to be done to, to correctly tie that information back to where it makes sense. Right. Well, and I, yeah. And I think it's the, you know, the data part is definitely a huge part of the story, but I'll also say the maturity of how you talk about the data and the insights and the stories you tell. And, and I often say, you know, um, as a community professional or, or you know, a director or a VP at a company that's overseeing the community effort, what you don't want to do is go into your CEO and talk about page views, posts, likes, that kind of stuff, right? It just, to them, it doesn't matter. They don't understand what that means. And you spend so much time trying to explain it. Um, and so what you want to do is go in with the dollar signs and, and percentages and say, here's the actual business value that we're getting out of this. Um, and you're right that there's a, there's a bit of a, you know, data process that needs to happen there to make that work. But um, ultimately, if you speak the language of those folks and you give them those types of insights, then it's much more understandable of, oh, okay, I get why we're doing this and, and why we need to continue and, and perhaps even invest more. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Like I was uh, at one of my roles, uh, I helped the sales guy build out like private communities for his customers. And, uh, you know, one day he came to me, he's like, John, it worked. Like someone, he's like, he just, I posted something in the, in the community and he responded and I made a sale and I didn't even email the guy. And it was like, not a little bit of money. It was like, you know, millions. He, and, uh, <laughs> it was like a $5 million sale, right? The guy like saw like just some new offering sheet and it just resonated with him. He's always, I love this. I need this. And like, he sent him like a purchase order right away. And, uh, we went to the, the sales, uh, like leadership summit, right. Where all the sales guys are there. And we kind of did a, there's a little more detail, some summing up. Right. But we went and did a little presentation on it. And, you know, right after that, I had like 
request for 90 more of these, <laughs> these spaces. <laughs> so, you know, when you, you, you can find some things that really drive value for the, the business and then them have them adopt it. I think. It, it yeah. Really I, mean, I think I was just going to say what's, what's really important about that story is that it's not about support case deflection. Right. And this is the important thing is that, a lot of companies start with something like deflection because that's their most pressing need or that's the thing they can measure the most. But ultimately, there are so many different use cases and, and value propositions for what you can do with a community across every single part of your company from marketing to sales, you know, like I said before, support, customer success, uh, customer experience, whatever all those things are. And so, I, you know, my recommendation to anybody listening is, Sure. Start with start with one. Start with one use case that you think you can tackle and get some success. But then once you get that initial success, start quickly thinking about what else can we do and what other use cases and what other you know departments or functional groups in the company would get value out of these types of things. And that's ultimately how you build something really special that's going to last you know for a very long time uh, and become a big piece of your business is when it's serving everybody right not just one specific use case yeah i always had the luck of like getting one guy making him real successful and then i took like the sex him then went to another team was like look what we're doing for these guys over here they're having a huge success we want to you know get you guys involved and here's what we can do and you know that's how that's how i built some of my very first my my some of my biggest communities is that way right Land and expand right totally but so as a lot is going on this last year, uh, as you know, COVID. Uh, so, how do you think COVID's affected the community industry? Is it good? Is it bad? Like, do, do you see an impact? I, you know, I have my opinions. Yeah. <laughs> well, so from my seat, um, you know, as a as a strategic consultant now, what I'm seeing is a very positive net effect in terms of uh, companies being aware, uh, some of them for the first ever time that oh, we really need to invest a lot and think a lot about our digital customer experience, right? And of course, community is a, it can be a large part of that solution or a big driver of it. Um, and so I'm having a lot of conversations where people are saying, hey, our CEO, this is his number one you know, initiative this year. He wants to see movement on community and CX. Um, and so there's a lot of investment happening right now. There seems to be a lot more energy than I've seen before in the industry, just in terms of, um, you know, overall, like, like one, one good barometer is the number of job postings. I've seen more community management, you know, specific roles in the last six months than I probably did in the previous six years. So I think, you know, the net net is very good. And now it's up to us to, to capture that and go deliver on that and show the value to make sure that that becomes a long-term thing and not just a, um, you know, sort of a flash in the pan as a result of COVID and then COVID goes away and everybody's back to their usual tricks. We got to make sure that it sticks. And the way to do that again is just to, you know, build that compelling case and, and value. Yeah. Show that value. Right. I, I'm, I agree. I think we've seen a resurgence in community, even uh, community activity from community experts and, um, you know, conferences and speaking sessions and things like that have been, that haven't been around for a while, really prevalent right now. And I think a lot of people are thinking about community and if, and people that were not thinking about community are thinking about community, which is a, a good thing. Right. So, uh, they're, it's on their radar now. And, uh, so I think that's only going to be, 
good for the industry. So let's see the question here. So it's getting towards the end of the year. I always like to think about this it's getting the end of the year. You know, what should your, what should, what should, what should community manage? What do you think you should be thinking about wrapping up the end of the year, your community and kind of thinking about next year? Yeah, it's a good question. I, th- I think it depends on what stage you're at um, from a maturity perspective. But I would say as a general rule, kind of going back to what I said a few minutes ago, I would be thinking about, um, you know, what's next, right? Like, okay, what did we do this year? We had some success with this. We didn't do so well with that. What What's the next thing? You know, I, I guess it's part of my personality, but it's also part of my like business philosophy to always be thinking about what's next. You know, wh- where do we need to go? What's the next thing we need to do? How do we build on the success we've already had? Um, and so, you know, I think that can manifest itself in a number of different ways in terms of use cases or programs that you want to do in your community. Maybe, maybe you want to, you know, go all in on gamification or a super user program or. Uh, advocacy programs. I'm hearing a lot about those three things right now where people with existing communities have have said, hey, we know we need to do more. And those are three, you know, kind of typical areas. Uh, maybe your content could be better, right? Maybe your community design could be improved. I, I, There's so many different things, right? The universe of things you could work on um, is really large, but I think the important thing is to look at it in the context of where's the business going? What are the needs there? What do customers want and need? What are our capabilities as an organization? And how do I think about all of those things as one big thing to say, what is our strategic vision and operational plan for the next six months, one year, 18 months, whatever that is, so that I can continue to execute and keep showing yet more value that I haven't already, you know, that, I, that I'm going to discover new things. And I think that's just always good advice, no matter what time of year it is. But it seems like as you start to roll over the calendar and the budgets are, you know, refreshed and all those things, it's a really good place to be to have a plan to say, here's what we're going to do. And here's how I'm going to use that investment that we have to get the most out of it. Yeah. The, the plan is key, right? Having a plan that you can show and get buy-in, you know, but the interesting thing is we always used to do like the one month, three month, six month year type of planning. And now with the the average age of community, somewhere around six or seven years, uh, we've actually been as talking to, you know, customers that you should be doing like a one year, three year and a five year plan for your community. Right. And and actually thinking in longer terms, because we know they're staying around. Right. And and these, your communities say it's, 10 years old already, you need a five-year plan, right? Where do you see it in five years? Uh, especially since size and cost is such a determining factor too. And, you know, migrations can be, uh, you know, a time-consuming effort if, and having those things planned into your, into your timeline way ahead of time, I think, uh, are, are, are critical. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I always advise people to do both, right? So I advise, hey, have a long-term vision that spans many years. And that's, you know, kind of the the overall strategy. But then, you know, and you got to sell that, right, to people. You got to have that big vision and be able to communicate it and get buy-in so that people understand, oh, okay, I, I see where we're going. I know, I know what we want to be in two or three years. But then also having the immediate next steps and roadmaps and OKRs and all of that to say, well, hey, we're going to go build this huge city on the hill um, in two years. But today I need to do this. And tomorrow I need to do that. And then next week I need to work on this. And I think it's wise, you know, to have both down to that granular level and also that big high level vision. 
because if you you only do one or the other, I find that you know things tend to get off track and they're not they need to sort of coexist together. And I think the people who do that really well are the ones I think that you see driving really successful roadmaps over long periods of time. I think that's a great example or explanation of how to plan for your community. Uh, so uh, last question here. So what's your next plans or projects or anything that you can, you want to share with us or anything that, you know, top of mind that you're really thinking about out there besides uh, the business numbers we we know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I just uh, I just started this uh, strategic consulting business around community, and so most of what I'm working on and thinking about is uh, it's kind of interesting because people come um, and everybody thinks that their situation is unique, but the reality is that I kind of have seen three different flavors of things. Right? One is, hey, we have nothing today. We need to do a full blown, full scale community launch, and it has a lot of importance in our company, um, and we want it yesterday. Right? So there's a lot of those. That's thing one. Thing two is I see a lot of, hey, we have a community, and but we know we need to be doing more. Like, what does optimization look like? What are the best practices that we miss that we need to go back and yeah. clean up, right? Um, and then the third one is is kind of like individual programs. So people will say, you know, hey, I, I we have everything else good. We're totally good. But we know we need to do better on our super user program, or maybe we don't have one and we want to create one. And so those are kind of like the three general buckets of things that I'm seeing the most and working on the most right now. There's always outliers, but that kind of seems to be the the general flow of things. And, and like I said, there's more now than ever. So tons of companies are, are coming out of the woodwork right now asking for that type of uh, you know, those types of engagement and those kinds of work and those kinds of deliverables. And so that's really what I'm focused on is just how can I, you know, I, I grew up in this industry and I have a, a passion for it, as you can tell, and I, I really want to help proliferate it across the world here. And the, the best way that I know how to do that is just to help as many companies as possible succeed uh, so that then others get interested and it's sort of a self-fulfilling, self-feeding thing, right? So that's really what I'm, you know, wholly focused on at this point is just making as many companies successful as we can so that uh, the next ones see, oh, okay, great, we need to be doing this. And then we just grow the industry and we we grow the the understanding of the value of of what community can bring to an organization. That's great. And, and if people want to find out more about you and, and uh, your organization, where can they find you at? Yeah, super simple. Uh, BrianOblinger.com. I'm on Twitter at, at BrianOblinger, LinkedIn, of course. Um, and then I, uh, I also host a podcast, uh, co-host it with Erica Cool. It's called In Before the Lock, and you can find that at ib4tl.fm. And we we go long. We we pick a different topic every every two weeks about community and CX, and we dive super deep into it. So uh, there's plenty of uh, plenty of content and resources there as well. Yeah, that's a great podcast. If you guys haven't checked that one out, I highly recommend that. Like I said, they go really deep. One day I'll get there, right? These are just uh, my, I like my little quick hit interviews and get in and get out. But uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, okay, one last question. Is there any, any going to be out speaking anywhere that we can find you? Oh, so many, you know, that's the, so I, I should have said that before, you know, when you yeah. asked about COVID is that, uh, one of the interesting things is now that we don't have to be in big ballrooms uh, around the world, it's it's so much easier, right, to access these uh, virtual conferences. And seems like there's way more now than there was before, which is great. So um, I'm speaking uh, in a, a week or two here at the Vanilla Conference. I'm speaking at the 
Um, there's a great new conference, a new group of folks over in Israel that are doing one. It's called ISCL uh, Summit. So I'm speaking there and I'm actually doing a master class there about ROI and how to measure it from a community perspective. Um, yeah. And then there's, there's several more, you know, it seems like they're just, every time I finish one, there's three more, you know, invites. So, um, I, I enjoy it and I enjoy sharing, you know, my knowledge with the crowd there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the circuit has, uh, you know, heated up where people are really, the, like I said, I think people are really interested in communities right now and for the content, like I'll, I'll be at all those events next week. I'll be at a uh, higher logic, uh, super forum starts next week, guys. So if you guys haven't checked that one out, uh, it's free as well. That starts, they go over two weeks, right? They're going to do it in two weeks and, um, break it out over two weeks. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. And, but there's some great speakers for that one as well too and so yeah thanks so much everybody if you want to find me you can always know jv summers john summers twitter linkedin instagram uh, all the normal places but the main places uh come over to graziti.com uh check out what we're what we're doing over there right now uh our newest thing is really coming out if you want to find out some more information it's called cmas community management as a service where we're really wrapping up all the things you need to get your community started or help help revive it or really help get your community where you want it to be. So thanks so much and we'll talk soon.